Hi again, listeners. This is Jamie L's Podspace. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in yet again. Oh, man. Okay, guys. Um, <clears throat> so this past weekend, I had the pleasure of being able to go to a retreat. And it was such a deep spiritual experience, you know, like experience that I've never ever like had before and um just you know just spending just time with the lord and and fellowshipping and um just growing in a deeper relationship with god and that's what it's all about um because when the cares of the world choke us and try to like take our joy and um i try to get us to worry about everything um we lose sight of of god we lose sight of that God is with us and he wants to take our burdens from us, you know, and I got to that point. I, I got to that point the last um, month or so uh, where I just been just feeling like spiritually attacked, not just feeling, but just literally like spiritually um, attacked, you know, um, and I'm still a new believer, but um, apparently that's very common uh, for believers to go through that. Um, but we know that regardless of the things that we go through, that God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, you know. So, um, you know, it's just one more thing, testimony uh, that um, I can talk about, you know. But um, I want to, you know, guys, I always try to, like, be really transparent and, you know, just let you guys know what's going on in my life. And um, just share, you know what I mean, everything with you, you know, because uh, that's what it's about. You know, we share things of the Lord and um, we'll be able to see God, you know, because uh, we're the, the lights of the world. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, it was such a deep experience. And um, yeah, and I, that's just kind of like where I was at, honestly. But, um, you know, God is still with us, like, as I always say. Um, so, in, inspired by that, um, this was just in the last couple of days, because I was thinking of uploading yesterday, and I kind of got a little busy, and I was going to continue the fruits of the Spirit and gentleness. But um, I think it's, it's important to talk about this. It's, it's going to be an episode called Temptations. Um, or about temptations. I don't know what the title is. And um, <clears throat> I just feel like, you know, it's important, like I said, to share this because uh, it's a spiritual warfare that's going on right now. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's important to just uh, put this message out there so people can uh, stay encouraged. Anyhow, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed my song before I uh, came on here. Uh, I just decided to, to go ahead on and sing it because, um, you know, one thing I one thing I, I took out of uh, the retreat, I mean, it was, you know, all of those good things, fellowshipping, this spending time with the Lord, but just the the significance of what the gift of tears of of how powerful the gift of tears is rather you know um even if you don't have anything to pray for if you just give your heart to god and you just pray god hears every single tear he sees every tear he hears your weeping rather and um you know it even says in the word that there's no tears 
in heaven. So if there's no tears in heaven, there's lots of tears on here. And God values each and every one of those tears. He says that he keeps a record of all of our tears in his bottle, you know, in each of his bottles, you know, for the believers and even the unbelievers, you know. So he really admires those things. And that's something that um, I took from to just always be vulnerable, always to uh, just surrender uh, myself. Because really, in reality, God deserves it all. He deserves our highest praise. He deserves our, our life. He deserves our worship. He deserves every fiber of our being just because of him being creator. You know, he's he's God. You know, so I'm just I'm just so thankful uh, for that. And I'm so thankful for uh, the people that um, have shared uh, their testimonies. Um, I also I don't know if God, if I mentioned, I know I said I was going to start doing testimony reports, but I actually do have one, a couple of them, actually. Um, maybe I'll do it after this because, you know, you guys know that the time flies like by so fast when I'm doing these episodes. Um, so let's just get right in and then um, maybe we'll do a little um, a short thing just sharing a couple of the testimonies that we have um recently <clears throat> so let's just jump right on into prayer <clears throat> dear lord um we want to come to your throne right now and we want to thank you and praise you god for always being so faithful for always um helping us and strengthening us and helping us to just break down the walls in our hearts father god so that we can have eyes to see and ears to hear i thank you father for uh the fellowship of the saints i thank you father god for your word that endures father god forever i thank you lord for uh all the listeners out there father that um, are encouraged by this word father god you said in your word that when, whenever, regardless of what word we put out, that it'll never return back to you void, but it will accomplish to do exactly all that you set it out to do, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that speaks through me, Father God. I pray that this time, Lord, that you would help me to deliver this message in a way that is easy to uh, understand father god that's easy for uh, the listeners lord to to really grasp the hold of lord touch their hearts touch their minds lord um to be able to receive this message father i thank you lord that um you have blessed me with this platform i pray father uh that um the more time that um we that we spend in your word lord the closer we will get in the name of jesus father that it will be lord i pray all of these things in jesus name amen okay let's get right on in okay so it's a couple of stories that we can really talk about when it comes down to temptations. The first one that we that I think about is um, in Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter four. I think that's the earliest one. So we're going to be spending a little bit of time in Matthew today. <clears throat> in this, um, it's Matthew chapter four. In this, um talks about the temptation of Jesus. So the temptation that Jesus experienced um, when he uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, um, you know, 
So yeah, um, let's just, I guess I'll just start off reading it. So guys, we're in Matthew chapter 4. That's the um, first book of the Gospels, the four Gospels, and the New Testament. Okay, so it's, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, Jesus answered, he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay, Ch uh, verse 5, it says, Then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, unless you dash your foot against the stone. But Jesus responded to him and said, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And uh, chapter, I mean, verse 8, I keep saying chapter, verse 8, it says, The devil took him up on, a, on an exceedingly high mark, mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these things I give you if you, fall, if you would just fall down and worship me. But Jesus said, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil, verse 11, beheld him. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Okay, so this is the first. Um, I mean, there's plenty of stories in here um, that um, talks about like temptation. But this is the one that... I think of first, um, besides Job, I mean, Job, he was uh, tempted as well, you know, just to curse God because of God taking away all of his possessions. And he didn't. He praised God. But this is I like this one specifically because <clears throat> three times <clears throat> I like this, like I said, because three times uh, Satan tries to tempt him um, and uh, Jesus um, was really weak at this time. You know, he had fasted 40 days. He didn't have, you know, any food. And he was just at his weakest point, you know, and that is just shows that when we are weak, um, in this case, um, they're talking about spirit, uh, not spiritual. In this case, they're talking about like physical food. Um, but in our case, you know, spiritually, uh, without God, you know, that's why God, Jesus says that man, shan't man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So spiritually, if we're not being fed and filled up with God, we are, you know, really weak to uh, Satan's temptations against us. And I like how Jesus responds every single, all three times Jesus responds uh, back, letting him know. Uh, the word like he fought he, he knows the word of God so every time Satan tries to throw a dagger he you know throws the word of God on him you know and um, he flees and it even says that in another scripture um, just give me a sec James 4 7 it says if you resist the devil he will flee let's go to James 4 7 
James chapter 4 verse 7 get confused where is James okay yeah so James is right after Hebrews the book of Hebrews and it's before uh, first Peter the first first and second Peter <clears throat> first uh, I'm sorry James chapter 4 verse 7 but I forgot to um the last part of it. It says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded, like I said, just means like goes back and forth like a person that doubts in their mind. So that's verse 8. I just wanted to just talk about that draw near to God in other words he's saying submit to God and you say how do you submit to God you ask like when you stay when you continue to pray and when you continue to stay in God's word that's submission to the Lord that's being obedient to God which means that um, the more we're filled up on the word of God the, the less likely Satan will attack us his attempts gets weaker and weaker and weaker as our faith grows bigger and bigger and bigger <clears throat> so we know we think about temptations temptation is something that that we desire that it's just hard to resist we just desire it uh, so much and um, it's just it lures us in you know another word for temptation another translation is hard testing so Hard testing is, you know, we know that God, you know, he, he says in his word um, that um, he tempts no one, but that we're lured uh, to temptation by our own evil desires. But then it also says in um, in first Corinthians, is it first Corinthians? Yeah, it says in first Corinthians um, 10, 13, that God will not uh, tempt us beyond our ability but when we are he'll provide a, a way of escape so that we can have victory over it you know so um god will still provide a way you know he said he tempts no one but we're the one like you know we're tempted because of our own desires and we're tempted uh, because the devil presents those temptations um another thing i wanted to mention too is um you know, Jesus, like I said, he's the perfect example. Jesus can sympathize with us because he was tempted on all points just as we are. And I think that's in Hebrews chapter 4. So let's just go there real quick. Hebrews. That's right before James. We were actually studying um, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4 this weekend. <laughs> Um, specifically chapter 3 and 4 so that's how I remember this scripture so well yep so uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 it says we do not have a high priest 
who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then uh, verse 16 says, So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So our flesh, you know, is what is the only thing that can be tempted but see satan he can only attack us in our mind you know so he plants seeds and things like that see whether if it's being double-minded seeds of doubt or whether if it's um just things that we are just really tempted to have you know we all have our own weaknesses and things like that and um he tries to lure us away uh, from the Lord's word and you know tries to deceive us um, and everything that's why Paul said um, in Romans let's go to Romans 7 verses let's start at verse 1 so let's go to Romans 7 I like the way uh, Paul spoke that <clears throat> guys as I always say you know I'm working on structuring like what I want to say because I have so many like things that we wanted to touch on and you know the scriptures but it's just like sometimes it doesn't come um, as organized and laid out as, as I'd like but um praise God for his holy word that just never fails us amen <laughs> okay uh verse 7 chapter 7 of Romans <clears throat> I'm actually going to read it You know what? We're going to read this whole entire chapter, actually, because it's very, very good. Like, you could just relate to what he's saying if it's in full context instead of just that little piece. <clears throat> okay, it says, Or do you not know, brothers, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? So he's talking about the word of God. And it says, for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. So in this, he's speaking on marriage. Uh, but if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. Verse 3, so then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. We're going to do an episode <clears throat> on um adultery and things like that in the future that's another great topic but if her husband dies she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress though she has married another man verse 4 therefore my brethren you also have become dead to the law through the body of christ that you may be married to another to jesus who was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to god so, <clears throat> um, God is using this example of Mary saying that we're married to him. We're married to him now, you know, so uh, we have to, um, we have become dead to our flesh, dead to the worldly standards, and we have life and eternal life with him in heaven. That's what he's, you know, saying. Okay, verses 5, it says, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our bodies to bear fruit to death. 
But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So in this case, like I said, he's talking about the word of God, but he's also talking about the commandments too. So, um, you know, just going against it, you know, the old law, like I said in, in some, you know, messages ago, episodes, the law, just like the Pharisees, they were guilty because they tried to keep the law of God and the commandments of God, but they were so judgmental. They had hardened hearts. They didn't see God as him being a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of grace, you know? So, um, they didn't understand why Jesus was healing like demons. They didn't understand why Jesus went and, um, went to a tax collector's house, which was tax collectors was really looked down upon by uh, the Jewish nation and things like that. They didn't understand that Jesus came to save the people that were sick, the people that, um, that knew they wanted to save, the people that needed hope. They, they didn't see that. So when they say the old law, he's saying, I mean, so when they're saying like the law, they're saying that we have died to that, that, that old covenant. But in this new covenant, Jesus' co covenant that he has by his blood that he shares, that we have newness of life. Just like it says in uh, Ephesians somewhere, it says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's in God, you know. But sometimes, well, I'm going to go on. I'm going on to my point. Verse 7, it says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known desire. I mean, I have not, I would not have known covetousness unless the law have said, you shall not covet. <clears throat> Verse 8, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Verse 9, I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. <clears throat> okay, so let's break this down. Uh, verse 8, it says, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. So we're saying that the sins, the, the evil desire of our heart, um, you know, it, it was the commandment, the commandment that God has given us. Um, it produced, it produced evil because, um, I mean, apart from that, we didn't have God. We didn't have, uh, we didn't know grace, like I said, as the Pharisees. And then it says, um, but I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So once again, it's going back to just <clears throat> without uh, the conversion, without actually seeing God, the God of grace. You know, we just we're seeing the sin. But it's good that we have the law because um, the commandments and, and the Old uh, Testament is uh, the law of God. It's basically just God's love letter to us, basically, if you will, just saying, you know, all the things, the statutes, the, the laws that he want us to follow. <clears throat> but at that time, they took it so seriously because 
they felt like people would be damned to death or they felt like God wouldn't love them if a person breaks his, you know, a commandment or whatever another. And we know that God is not like that. We know that God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. And um, he said in, in Hebrews that if we, you know, fall short, you know, we can come to the throne of grace. That's what Jesus have died for, for such as that, just to be able to swallow up death once and for all for us so that we can have life and we can um, not be bound by guilt or feeling ashamed because God knows that our flesh is weak and there's nothing good that comes from it. It even says in Matthew 26, 41, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is always willing. You know, and this is what Paul is saying. Let's go to verse 9. We're in, we're in uh, Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 9. It says, I was alive with once without the law. Okay, verse 10. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. Paul is just saying that... Um, you know, just like I was saying, it kind of goes together with that, with sin and doing the opposite of what um, God is telling us. And we know that if we're not righteous, it's either you're righteous or you're unrighteous. So, um, and that's what and that's what Satan is. He's just going against God, you know, and that's what uh, is disobedience. Okay, verse 11, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me <clears throat> so they mean so Paul is saying spiritual um, death um, because he you know wants to do right but he continues to do wrong and that's what he's going going on to say as we read therefore the law is holy and commandment holy just and just and good but then what is good became death to me. But no, no, I'm sorry. Verse 13 says, has then what is good become death to me? <clears throat> Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful for we know that the law is spiritual but i am flesh and under sin for what i am doing i do not understand for what i will to do that i do not practice but what i hate that i do if then we're in verse 16 if then i do what i will not to do i agree with the law that it is good so he's saying that uh, it's the spiritual, the law is spiritual, and but he's saying that he's flesh, you know, and that um, the things that he wants to do in his spiritual, his spiritual self desires, but his mind or his flesh, you know, goes against that. Okay, verse 16, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So he's saying that if he's doing what he doesn't want to do, and it's for the glory of God, then that means it's spiritual. It means he's doing it for the good of God. Verse 17, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that lives in me. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good lives. For to will, 
for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. For now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that lives in me. I find this law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man, like I said, spiritual. Um, but I see another law, this is verse 23, but I see another law in my body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he's basically just saying, in short, like I said, that there's nothing good that comes from our flesh, you know, so it's either we starve our flesh and we have to fill up on God or either we are overcome by our flesh. And then we, you know, God says that that the more we're lured, you know, we it'll produce death, you know, ultimately we know that. Um, what does it say? Um, we know that um, it'll just, you know, wreak death, like I said. But it's another scripture, too, that is, um, says that if we're lured by our sins, that it'll produce, that it'll birth um, desire, and desire will birth uh, sin, and sin will birth death. I can't remember the exact scripture. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so nothing good comes from our flesh. Um what chapter? Okay, so now we're going to go to Second Peter three nine. Remember that's um, after Hebrews, and it's before Peter. The after after Hebrews and before the book of Jude, I believe. No, the the first John, first John. Okay, so Second Peter chapter three verse nine. It says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long suffering. Remember long suffering means just like to like patience, being patient toward us, not willing that anyone should die. Or perish but that all should come to repentance okay <clears throat> so yes um, so yeah Lord is patient with us you know through this through our suffering and things that we um, struggle with and things like that um, Something else I wanted to. Okay, no, no, no. We are not in three. Second Peter three nine. We're in Second Peter two nine. <laughs> That's good too, though, because God is patient with us with our sins and things like that, and He wants all of us to go to heaven. Absolutely. Okay, verse nine. It says Second Peter 
chapter 2 verse 9 it says then the lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to this flesh in the lust of uncleannesses and despise authority they are presumptuous self-willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries so dignitaries just means like uh someone that is high ranked um you know in that authority and i believe god is um just saying not just himself but you know just earthly authorities people that just rebel and go against you know everything you know just to the evil of our hearts so yeah um let's go to psalms 141 verse 4 <clears throat> we're going to be going back to matthew because there's a few other things too in there so many great stories in here guys it's just psalm 141 verse 4 okay psalms for 141 verse 4 this is uh, a psalm of david um we know this like i said david was after god's own heart and um, <clears throat> let's go to verse 4. It says, Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. So David is asking God not to draw his heart to... Um, to evil okay and then verse 5 it says let the righteous strike me it shall be a kindness and let him rebuke me it shall be an excellent oil let my head not refuse it so david is talking about um you know being corrected uh learning um that um learning that through that nothing in him is good uh apart from god and that but if he seeks godly counsel if he seeks correction if he seeks god's wisdom then he'll be righteous like god but in verse four uh david is talking about um he's just saying to ask god to keep him you know to keep him from um all evil and things like that and we're going to go to a scripture that specifically talks about that yeah so when we think about temptation um like i said jesus god says he does not tempt anyone you know so for me you know i would just say you know how i would translate it is um <clears throat> is saying that David is in a place right now where he 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 wants to be closer to God. He recognized that he's, you know, sinful and um he knows that the enemy, Satan, will attack him at any place, you know. So when he's saying like God don't lead me, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go to the Lord's prayer. I think that'll explain it perfectly. Matthew chapter 6 verses 
Let's see which chat which chapter six for sure. <clears throat> okay, let's start. Um let's start at verse nine. <clears throat> It says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, it says... In verse 13 and do not lead us into temptation how does the Lord how can the Lord lead us in temptation if he says that he tempts no one right <clears throat> okay so just a second Okay, um, so yeah, you know, um, what does that mean when God says do not lead us into temptation? Um, I think that, I think what God is saying is that, well, I know that what God is saying is that, um, saying like basically he'll guard us, like when we pray to him, because God, um, God was praying at this time. This whole verse, chapter 6, is dedicated to praying in secret. You know, so he's saying that the person that stays in the word of God, the person that continues to pray, um, God will keep him guarded from, um, you know, sin and temptations. But like I said, you know, we can't resist the devil on our own. We can't resist him without God. God can only do that for us. It'll overwhelm us. You know, so temptation, um, like I said, you know, it means hard testing. But in another, another, it can mean trials. Temptation can mean trials. You know, sometimes the Lord subjects us to uh, temptations and things like that um, before his greater good because it teaches us how to be more faithful. It teaches us how to be more obedient. And, um, you know, as the same as, you know, Job and Peter, you know, the things that they experienced in their case. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's just basically like a guarding, you know, like if we know, like we're in a, a situation where we're like, you know, I know I, I love sweets as myself, <laughs> You know, and I pray that prayer, like, Lord, lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's basically like God uh, blocking that temptation from us. You know, it's like, okay, well, now you put my signature print on that. So now I know not to uh, allow that evil, that temptation to come to you, you know. Because <clears throat> like I said, nothing good comes from our heart but greediness and and selfishness and things like that um whether we're asking for god to lead us away from sin or from difficult trials our goal is is found um in chapter three i mean chapter 13 it says deliver us from the evil one right after that 
Um, so that goes both along with that part. It's the evil one um, is Satan, the evil one, or in other translations, um, it just says evil. But any any way you put it, it's associated with Satan. You know, so he's the one. Like I said, he lures us um, to those things. You know. <clears throat> Okay, so one thing I think of is uh, uh, Jonah, the book of Jonah, uh, I think it's Jonah 3 or Jonah 4, but Jonah was um, in the, in the, and was fleeing from the, from a God, he was a pastor, and he, um, you know, God gave him a command to, to go and tell the Ninevites, um, you know, basically pro proclaim the word of God to them. And they were very rebellious and very, um, <clears throat> you know, they just didn't believe in God. They went against the Lord. And the Lord said that he was going to destroy the Ninevites soon. But he wanted uh, Jonah to go and tell them. But Jonah was just like, they don't deserve it, basically. They don't deserve to hear the word because of all they've done. Um, so, of course, he fleed. And then uh, he ended up getting um, in the belly of a whale of a fish for three days and um there's another scripture <clears throat> in the word that says uh what does it say it says um that there won't be a sign only sign that it will be is the sign of jonah uh because jonah was in the belly of the whale that was when the pharisees was testing jesus and they were trying to ask for jesus to like satan was uh, to do this sign and to show us this because they felt like the miracles he was performing were of the devil, you know, and um, <clears throat> Jesus said that the only sign that they'll get is is the sign of Jonah. So Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days um, and Jesus came to the world. He came and died in three days. He uh, was crucified on a Friday he died on a Saturday. He rose again the third day. So that is used. Um, that that's what it's referring to. But yeah, so back to uh, Jonah. He, um, you know, ended up God uh, allowed the belly, the fish to to you know basically puke up <laughs> Jonah, and um, you know he ended up you know doing the Lord's you know bidding what God wanted him to do. And um, it's funny, like he's in there and he's praying to God. And, um, you know, it's like when we're at our weakest uh, point, we always surrender ourselves to God. We always pray to the Lord when we're in this, that those dire, you know, debilitating uh, situations where we just feel like we don't have any hope, you know. And Jonah was in that same circumstance. So he did exactly what God had commanded um, and the Ninevites, most of the Ninevites, you know, um, repented from their sins and things like that. And um, Jonah uh, basically was just like, I can't believe like these people, like they, they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve uh, for you to, Lord, for you to, uh, you know, save them because of everything they've done. And um you know, he forgot, like, God just, 
God just had compassion on you. He just delivered you from the well. You know, you repented. You remembered all the things that the Lord has done for you. Repented and God had mercy on you. And he didn't have mercy on the Ninevites in the same way. So um, that just goes back to show, um, you know, the our flesh, an aspect of our flesh, of our selfishness that we have in our flesh. <clears throat> Another quick um, story I think about is in um i mean there's so many in here but um i just want to um go back to matthew let's just go back to matthew you know just nothing good comes from our flesh you know even if we give it a little room it says in um Ephesians 4.27, do not give opportunity to the devil. In some other translations, this probably says don't give place to the devil. Because um, the only way the devil can really harm us is he attacks our thoughts. Um, you know, so we have to have some mental self-control. We have to be controlled, rather controlled by the spirit, um, you know, which is, that's just staying in the word of God and just... Um, allowing the Lord to like lead us, you know, because like I said, it's a spiritual battle going on right now, and the enemy's trying to take us down. And um, we know that we have the victory through Jesus Christ, so that will never happen. But um, you know, we can definitely, um, you know, experience things where we lose our salvation. Um, and just give in to uh, the enemy and his ways of things. Uh, but God has saved us, you know. God has saved us regardless. We're going to heaven and things like that. But the enemy's goal is to um, to twist his lies, to deceive, to get us to believe that God doesn't love us, to get us to believe that we're in the world alone by ourselves, and just to get us to, like, to hate to hate each other, you know, and God is a God of love and unity, you know, he doesn't want us to, like I just read earlier, you know, he wants all of us to get to heaven. He wants all of us to come to repentance. Um, and so we can all be saved. Okay. And let's go to Matthew 12, 43 and 44. <clears throat> Chapter 12 verses 43 and 44. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. <clears throat> then, verse 45, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and live there and the last state of that man is worse than the first so shall it be also with the wicked generation <clears throat> so this basically talks about like 
when I first read this, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was just like, this is kind of scary. Like, wow. You know, but it's true because uh, um, when, we, when we're prayed up, when we're reading the word of God, uh, the enemy can't touch us. They, they flee at the name of Jesus. It even says that. It says that somewhere in the word, you know, he flees because God's uh, word is so powerful. You know, but um, once we give place to the devil, once we do things that um, give him opportunity to deceive us, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it just like it, it goes just from the first temptation. It just like seven times worse. You know, it's more temptation. It's harder to um, um, to turn away from it than it was the, the first time so just not giving him an opportunity at all would really um you know we have to just stay keep our armor on our armor of god on in ephesians 6 it says that um <clears throat> let's go to ephesians 6 you know we have to keep the armor of god on us for that time because remember, Satan, he roars, he roars around like a roaring lion seeking whomever he can devour. You know? And then in another scripture, I like it says that the Lord um, goes to, to and fro uh, on the earth to give strong support to those that love him and to that follow institutes. I'm like, oh, I really like that. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just like I said, it's a spiritual battle going on with good and evil. And um, the devil, he just wants to destroy us. You know, he's a god. Of, he's a person. Well, he's a spirit of, um, of death. He's a spirit of confusion, punishment, disorder, can, all of those things, you know. And that's the reason why Jesus had to die for us so he can. Um, you know, put an end to sin and all of this um, evil on the world, in the world, you know, and we all, like I always say, we all have access to it, you know, as long as we repent, but as soon, I'm sorry, as soon as we repent and as soon as we give our lives to Jesus, um, you know, it's for everyone because we're all God's children. Okay, let's go to Ephesians 4. No, did we go? Did we just come there? <clears throat> yeah, so Ephesians six, I'm sorry, the armor of God. And we all fall short, as I always say, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant battle. We're not going to win uh, the battle apart from God. Uh, but sometimes, like I said, the Lord uses those things and it strengthens our faith, you know. Um, 
we're going to overcome them eventually. I mean, we already have the victory over all of our trials, but some of them it's harder to get through because God is really trying to teach us. Like I said, he's like, a, he's like our, he's our father, but he's like an earthly father, you know? So he gives us certain things to discipline us. He gives certain things so we can chastise us um, and help us to just ultimately just to depend on him and everything, you know? So um, Ephesians 6. Eleven verses eleven, Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven said, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." Verse twelve: For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Thirteen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand any evil day, and having done all, to stand. You know, so, <clears throat> staying girded with, um, with um, you know, this armor, which is, we know, is the breast, breast, breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. It's uh, the helmet of salvation. It's the feet of the gospel of peace. It's the sword of the spirit and um, the shield of faith, you know, and that all is really just Jesus's armor. Uh, but the greatest of these is um, the, the shield of faith, um, because uh, that'll stop all Satan's darts and things like that, that try to come against us. And of course, we have to know in verse 17 and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the most important one as well. Because <clears throat> we can't, our words, you know, are, is powerful. The things that we say is powerful. But the reason why they're powerful is because of our belief and our faith behind it. You know, so we speak that thing in existence and we think it first and we speak it into existence. We have faith and we believe it wholeheartedly, then, like I said, it, it'll happen. It'll come to pass. That's why sometimes when people say something and, like, you know, they, they keep saying it, and then next thing you know, it's like it actually happens, and you're like, oh, that's crazy. You know, so it's power in that. In Romans 2, uh, verses 8 through 11, it says, But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, Annoyance and wrath, indignation, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greeks. But glory, honor, and peace to those, peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. <clears throat> okay, so um, God will keep us. From temptation you know that's what it means you know because God knows all things anyways but um it's just um, relying on his strength relying on him coming to him giving him um, everything
Uh, just like David said, like I said in 141, he's saying don't let his heart be drawn to what is evil so that he can take part in, in evil deeds. He knew, like I said, that without God, he'll be subjected the same way with Paul. He knew that uh, without God, like, look, I'm a wretched man. My flesh, there's nothing good that dwells in my flesh. Okay, guys, well, I'm going to end this on this because it's 55 minutes long. And um, let's just have a quick word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for uh, the for keeping us then we pray to you you hear every word that we say father and you honor that lord um that is pleasing to you father god i thank you lord that uh you've given us your holy armor and that you sent your son to on the cross to be sacrificed for our sins now and forever i thank you jesus that you are the high priest that you are the beginning the end you are the beginning and the end of the old law i thank you for being the last adam that has swallowed up death once and for all i pray lord that you that you would help encourage us lord that even when we fall into sins or temptations that we have hope through your son jesus christ i pray father that um you remind the ones that are still striving after you, Lord, to encourage them, to exhort them, to know that without, apart from you, that we can do nothing, but that with you, we can do all things, that we can only do good uh, with you, with your spirit, and that... Um, we're, you're helping us right now to be that perfect royal priesthood as you are because you said be holy for you are holy. Um, I thank you, Father, uh, for this message. I pray, Lord, that uh, the listeners will have a great week. And I pray, Father, that we continue this. Um, and you'll bless me to be able to continue this series of uh, the fruit of the spirit um, next week. Uh, I love you guys in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, have a great night. Um, I'll see you guys uh, early, sometime probably later this week, okay? I love you. Bye-bye.